Chapter Two of Handy Mandy and Oz by Ruth Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two: The End of the Ride. The sky, from the rosy pink of late afternoon, had faded to a depressing gray, and Mandy could not help thinking longingly of the appetizing little supper she had set out for herself before going up to call the goats. Who would eat it now, or even know she was flying through the air like a comet? No one, she concluded drearily, for Mandy was an orphan and lived all by herself in a small cottage on Mount Mern, high above the village of Fistickens. In a day or two, some of her friends in the village might search the cottage and find her gone. But now, now there was nothing to do but sit tight and hope for the best. Mandy's next glance down was more encouraging. Instead of the dangerous-looking desert, she was sailing over misty blue hills and valleys, dotted with many small towns and villages. High as she was, she could even hear the church bells tolling the hour, and this made Mandy feel more lost and lonely than ever. All these people below were safely at home and about to eat their suppers while she was flying high and far from everything she knew and loved best. Hungrily, the goat girl cast her eyes over the rock she was riding, thinking to find a small sprig of mountain berries or even a blade of grass to nibble. At first glance, the rock seemed bare and barren. Then, sticking out of a narrow crevice, Mandy spied a tiny blue flower. "'Poor little Posy, it's as far from home as I am,' murmured the goat girl. And, carefully breaking the stem, she lifted the blue flower to her nose. Its faint fragrance was vaguely comforting, and Mandy had just begun to count the petals when the rock gave a sickening lurch and started to pitch down so fast Mandy's braids snapped like jumping ropes and her skirts bellied out like a parachute in a gale. "'Now for it!' gasped the goat girl, closing her eyes and clenching her teeth. "'Oh, my poor little shins!' Mandy's shins were both stout and sturdy, but even so we cannot blame Mandy for pitying them. Stouter shins than hers would have splintered at such a fall. Hardly knowing what she was doing, Mandy began to pull the petals from the blue flower, calling in an agonized voice as she pulled each one the names of her goats and friends. She had just come to speckle the smallest member of her flock when the end came. Kimini Jiminy! Was this all? Opening one eye, the goat girl looked fearfully about her. She was sitting on top of a haystack. No, not a haystack but a heap of soft blue flower petals as soft as down. Opening the other eye, she saw the rock on which she had traveled so far bump over a golden fence and fall with a satisfied splash into a shimmering lake. But what lay beyond the lake made Mandy forget all her troubles and fairly moan with surprise and pleasure. "'A castle!' exulted the goat girl, putting one hand over her heart. Oh, I've always wanted to see a castle, and now I am. 
and this castle let me tell you was well worth anyone seeing a castle of lacy blue marble carved and decorated with precious stones in a way to astonish the eyes of a simple mountain lass from the tallest tower a silken pennant floated lazily in the evening breeze k e r e t a r i a mandy spelled out slowly sliding off the heap of flower petals she stood for a long delicious moment lost in admiration then giving herself a business-like shake to be sure she was not broken or bent by her amazing flight and tumble mandy turned to examine the rest of her surroundings when she looked at the spot on which she had fallen the stack of blue petals had disappeared but there twinkling up cheerfully was the blue flower as much at home as if it had grown there in the first place thoroughly puzzled mandy picked the little flower a second time and slipped it into the pocket of her apron even without the mystery of the blue flower it was astonishing enough to find herself in the stately park of this gorgeous blue castle there was a tree-lined avenue and velvety lawns splashed with star-shaped flower-beds stretched in every direction only the small patch of land on which she was standing was bare and uncultivated and evidently someone was at work here for a great white ox with golden horns yoked to a gold plough stood with his back to mandy dozing cosily in the pleasant dusk at the sight of the ox mandy gave a little sigh of relief and content long ago an old mountain woman had given her this sensible piece of advice when you do not know what to do next do the first useful piece of work that comes to hand now here right at hand was a useful piece of work and while she was trying to figure out the whole puzzle of the flying rock and strange blue flower she might just as well be plowing then when the owner of the castle saw her working so industriously he might invite her to supper so grasping the tail of the ancient plow mandy clicked her tongue in a cheerful signal for the ox to start the white ox who had not seen nor heard the goat girl till this minute turned his head in a lordly fashion and gave her a long haughty look not really believing what he saw he took another look and then with a bellow of fright and outrage went charging across the park pulling the startled goat girl behind him mandy might have let go but she just did not think of it and with pounding heart and flying braids held fast to the pitching plough as it tore through flower beds ripped up lawns and cut fearful furrows in the pebbled paths clouds of earth stones and whole plants uprooted ruthlessly from their beds showered round her ears and as they reached the palace a hard metal object hit her squarely between the eyes putting up a hand mandy caught the flying missile and mechanically slipped it into her pocket and the next instant the ox lunging through an open french window dragged her into the magnificently furnished throne room of the castle not only into the throne room mind you but into the lap of royalty itself End of chapter 2